It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawks Postcast, your home for the best Atlanta Hawks talk. It is local insight. You can't get anywhere but right here at Locked On. I am your host, Tanitra Batiste, and joining me is Deshaun Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. And the Locked On Hawks postcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day with Deshaun. We were hoping that maybe we'd be talking about three wins in a row. Instead, we are talking about a situation we did not want to see in BK. We're going to talk a little bit more about it in the and one because it felt like one, maybe two guys showed up, but not many more after that. We'll also talk about how the Hawks can go about making a change between now and Saturday when they have to take on this Brooklyn Nets team once again. But first things first, let's talk about our takeaways from tonight's game, the unfortunate 124-97 loss for the Hawks at the hands of the Nets. And of course, this is the third game in the series for this, these teams, right? And in that first game, close. And it was a game that was won by the Hawks in overtime. Second game, won by the Nets, again, by one point. So you're thinking this is going to be really competitive, but not so much tonight. And maybe a big part of that is because of your take. DeJounte was the whole game, and it's not good. Yeah, no, not good at all. That's for sure. Listen, not just hoping for this to be um, a third win in a row, but hoping that it would be a third win in a row with uh, the opposition scoring under 100 points. And I know that that was wishful thinking, especially if you were going to get anything close to what Mikhail Bridges did in those first two games, 45 points in the first game, 32 points in the other game. But it was a very poor performance, in my opinion, by, you know, pretty much everyone outside of DeJounte Murray and one other guy. We'll get into that here in a second, whose name is not Jalen Johnson, by the way. Um, and it might surprise some people. But um, even more so, I think that, you know, all this isn't one of those games where it's like, yeah, but they didn't have Trey. This ain't a, well, they didn't have Trey game. Like, this ain't that. Like, this was just bad, period. Um, and honestly, it's kind of reminiscent of the way that the team had been playing prior to like the three or four game winning streak that they went on with Lakers and everybody, all those other guys. Um, but you know, it's, it, it is one game. So I don't think you push the panic button on it per se. Uh, but you definitely want to get things, you know, moving and just turned around relatively quickly. Because as you know, this is not a team that has a wide, you know, margin for error, especially considering the fact that not only do you got to get ready, ready to play this team all over again, but they are four spots below you to contend for number 10 in the Eastern Conference. And nobody wants to be down there. Yeah. And think about this. Mikhail Bridges only had 15 points tonight. But yeah. you could stop Dennis Schroeder or Cam Johnson. That was your problem. And it wasn't so much that those were the random role players that we often talk about because those are starters for the Nets. But nonetheless, if you get a 15-point game for Mikhail Bridges, you're thinking, okay, that's going to play in the Hawks' favor. You think clearly the Hawks win that game. You don't think that the Hawks fall by 27 points. And at one point, 
the Nets even had a 31-point lead on them. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't go down the box score and see DeJounte Murray have 28.6 rebounds and five assists, and the closest guy to him had half that as far as a point total. And even from a rebound perspective, should have had double what he had in rebounds. So it can't be DeJounte. If that's your whole offense, if that's your whole game, then that's not going to be good. That's not going to win you a lot of games in the association. And for me, it was – you can have one slow start, maybe, but not two. And this is against a Brooklyn Nets team that is known for not being that type of team that can just score at will. Uh, certainly not a team that the Hawks couldn't beat. But ultimately speaking, the Hawks got beaten by them because when you allow the opponent to go out and score 34 points in that first quarter and you score 16, 16 points, in the first mm-hmm. quarter, you're probably not winning that game. And the good thing is, for a moment anyway, the Hawks flipped it in that second quarter. They actually outscored the Nets 34-22. to 22, But then you give it right back in the third quarter when you let them outscore you 38-25, to 25, and then you allow them to wrap it up in the fourth quarter, outscoring you 30-28. to 28. So at the end of the day, who's winning a game if they're only winning a quarter? Certainly not the Hawks. Yeah, that's where it was kind of discouraging that because not only did you have an instance where, and we know we we always talk about the slow starts for the Hawks. It's usually in the first quarter, and then they usually kind of get it together, or they'll play well in the first half, but in the third quarter, they always find a way to let up a little bit. It can't be in the first and in the third. Like You can't start off both halves bad, and I thought it was going to get turned around when they did score that 34 points in the second quarter because that started to make things look like, okay, well, this is finally, it might have taken you know 12 minutes off of the clock in the first quarter to do it, but this is the Hawks team that we've started to slowly become accustomed to seeing, and there's a good reason for why nobody's really wants to say that out loud is because you know that there are some of those little nuances where you're like, I don't know, like, yes, they are improving, might be at a very slow pace, but they are improving. But I don't want to say it too loud. I'm afraid that they might hear me and go back to their old ways. That's exactly what it felt like. So not only from the first quarter and the third quarter where they struggled at, we know that you can't have both in that department, but also from an offensive standpoint and a defensive standpoint. You can't be bad in both of those areas. If you're going to be bad on offense, you got to be able to make it up, you know, and, and try and gut it, gut out a win somehow and muck it up and make it look ugly or what have you, competitive in that way. Um, or if you're not able to get a stop, you got to be able to do what the Atlanta Hawks is known to do, and that's to put points on the board. Yeah. They didn't really excel very well, meet those expectations, let alone exceed those expectations um, in that department either. And so I think those are two of the biggest reasons behind why we saw, you know, a loss on tonight. Yeah. And when you look at what the Hawks did or didn't do in that first quarter, right, you kind of saw them, like you said, kind of regress a little bit to the mean because they were taking a lot of outside shots, a lot of deep shots. And even when they were shooting inside, they were just flat out missing everything, just couldn't hit the bucket. And then you go back to that third quarter and it looks like the shot selection was fairly decent. Like they decided, hey, we're going to try to get our points in the paint. We're going to try to get it from, you know, 10 feet, 15 feet, 7 feet out. But again, when I look at some of the other shot selections, I'm thinking, okay, who thought that was a good idea? Like, I think when I watch the flow, there, there kind of is none. And speaking of that, I think that's that other piece as well. This is a team that you can tell if there's good spacing or good ball movement oftentimes by what you see 
in uh, the assist ratio, right? And I think that's one of the huge pieces of the puzzle with this team. When we don't see something that looks familiar in the assist column, that tells us a lot. And the Hawks were down in assist 30 to 18. So the ball movement wasn't there. The distribution of the ball just wasn't there. It just wasn't a game where they played Hawks ball. They might've played individually as they wanted to, but certainly not collectively as a Hawks team. And a lot of that is, like you said, you can't point the finger necessarily at, oh, this is what happens when Trey's not there because you can look all up and down this roster, whether with the starters or whether with the bench, and see that you just didn't get what you needed from this entire squad. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that, what that looks like for the challenges in the front court, especially with what we know to be the situation as far as injuries go, but also the challenges in the backcourt where you made a move today certainly didn't seem like it helped any. We'll talk about it in the and one on the other side. This episode of our Locked on Hawks postcast is brought to you by eBay. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. So guess who he picked? Our guy, DeAndre Hunter, who has really, really been shooting the ball well. And with Trey Young out, he's one of those guys where the touches and the shot attempts are going to have to spike. And he did his job. He did his job off the bench, even tonight, 26 minutes. He was four of eight from the field, one of three from three-point land, and three of four from the free throw line, and also had a steal and 12 points. So great call on Josh Lloyd's part about DeAndre Hunter being maybe one of those players that you want to pick out for fantasy basketball because he's going to see a bit of an uptick if the Hawks are able to get a win or get wins and stack wins down the stretch. He also picked Dennis Schroeder, and we know what happened tonight with Ben Simmons coming off the bench for the Nets, having an all-important five games next week. Certainly, Schroeder is going to show up and show out potentially for those guys. He also had 23 points tonight, 9 of 15, shooting 5 of 7 from the field. So another good look by Josh Lloyd. He's going to help you with your fantasy championship, just like eBay Motors is going to help you with getting a perfect fit with your vehicle, whether it's under the hood or whether it's inside. So make sure that you check out their 122 million parts for your ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, whether that's brake kits, LED headlights, roof rats, etc. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. All right, Deshaun, not for nothing. We know that earlier today, the Hawks announced that they decided to part ways with Patty Mills. They waived him. And they went ahead and signed Trent Forrest, got him under contract. But guess what? That didn't help. You're thinking, okay, that's probably to bring a different kind of help, a little bit more help to the front court than maybe, or back court rather, than maybe they were getting from uh, Patty Mills, although he was shooting 38% from three, but it was also in a very limited role. So you bring back Trent Forrest tonight. Trent Forrest plays a mere five minutes and doesn't really give you much in those five minutes except for an assist. Now, Kobe Bufkin gave you a little something. 12 points in 19 minutes to go along with three rebounds and three assists. Very, very encouraging, but it still begs the question, with Trey out for the foreseeable future, 
you let Patty Mills go. You brought Trent Forrest back on. What now for help in the backcourt? Yeah, um, outside of prayer um, and, and, and bringing Deshaun Tate on board uh, with, with really bad lungs and everything else to go along with it. Um, I don't know. I think, I think the main thing is just going to be bringing in someone who's, you know, clearly a vet. Um, we know, you know, who didn't work. Um, and that's why he's, you know, obviously there's, you know, why we're even having this conversation about Patty Mills, but, um, it's, it's, it's definitely got to be someone that can see more time and just fit into what, you know, Quinn Snyder really wants to do. Um, somebody that I feel confident and comfortable can shoot from outside fairly decent or above average, but certainly be able to get stops. Because if you notice, we've had way too many conversations about the Atlanta Hawks who gets completely torched by guys. And ironically and coincidentally, it always seems to be at the guard position. How about the former Atlanta Hawk on a night like tonight? Yeah. Dennis Schroeder, who probably hasn't played this well since we've seen him over the summer, um, you know, in, in the FIBA game. So, you definitely got to have someone that's able to get some stops to kind of be a, a, a leader um, in that locker room and get the guys ready to go because that is one of the most important roles and more important positions on the floor. It is that coach on the floor. It is that extension of the coach. It is the traffic director that's telling these guys to stop over here and telling these guys it's okay to go over there. Um, but great job. I didn't even mention Kobe Bufkin. Listen. It's not every day that me as a Spartan is going to have some positive to say about a Wolverine Tanitra. I'm sure you know that already, but but um, you you had no chance no matter what side of the fence you're on, but to give him credit on a night like tonight. I think the biggest yeah. thing was not even about the scoring or the this and the that. It was just about the confidence, the confidence to take the shots, yes. the confidence to, you know, go out there and just be a stickler on on, on defense and just yeah. be able to use your body, use your frame a little bit, not be afraid to get pushed around every now and then, you know, or make rookie mistakes, if you will. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the biggest rookie mistake you can make is not to try and go out there and make a rookie mistake if that yeah. makes any yeah. kind of sense at all so definitely want to give buffkin some credit because you know my question is to any of the viewers and listenership is um you know what has really stood out to you about kobe buffkin because it looks a little bit different this isn't um who was the guy that was came out of mckeetron and was drafted by auburn that we, oh, we yeah. drafted him sharif cooper Love Sharif Cooper, but this ain't Sharif Cooper. This right. gives me a little bit more positive vibes, obviously a different size. I, I, I like what I see out of Buffkin so far in a very small sample size, but he's going to take some lumps, but I wouldn't let that discourage you. Yeah, yeah, and he's one who you want to see increase his minutes because if you're not going to get it out of Trent Forrest and you're not going to get it out of one of those Matthews because – Wesley Matthews only gave you five points. Garrison Matthews gave you nothing. Then you've got to get it from somewhere. And Bogdan Bogdanovich is your sixth man who you've now had to catapult into the starting lineup so you don't get that boost from the bench anymore. And he didn't have a good night. He was only 4-13 from the field. And for him, one of five from three is an abysmal night. A, only trying five threes and B, only making one. So you got to get that production from somewhere off the bench because Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to be in your starting lineup for the foreseeable future. And each and every one of these guys has to step up, but let's not play games here and act like it's just a backcourt issue because the front line did not show up tonight either. And listen, Jalen Johnson is allowed an off 
night every now and again. He's allowed mm. a subpar night. And 14 points and five rebounds along with two blocks is not a bad night. It's just average for what Jalen Johnson has been able to show throughout the season. But if he's going to have an average night, then somewhere, somehow, somebody else is going to have to step up. That can't be Sadiq Bay having six points and five rebounds. That's not going to be enough. Clint Capella, seven points, and more importantly, just six rebounds. That's not going to be enough, especially because a couple nights ago, he just said that he felt like he was getting closer to being back to himself. Well, seven and six don't exactly do it, even though you got the four blocks. I can appreciate that. But again, seven and six ain't it. And then if I'm looking further down to say, hey, you have no Onyeka Okongu to either come off the bench or to be in that starting lineup for you, where are you going to get more help? Then Bruno Fernando, we don't need you to kind of regress back to the mean. Like you've got to be that guy who continues to overachieve. That absolutely has to happen. DeAndre Hunter had a game, but again, it's not just a backcourt issue. It's the back and the fourth or the inability for both to show up at the same time. But Deshaun, if the backcourt and the frontcourt both don't show up at the same time, that's going to be a problem. The Hawks mm-hmm. don't have enough in the tank for both to not show up at the yeah. same time. Something that they can't afford. Again, that's something that, you know, I'm glad that you put a little bit more emphasis on that and said at the same time, because sometimes you can tend to get away with things or hide certain deficiencies mm-hmm. when it's not at the same time. When it is, it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, if you yeah. will. I mean, listen, you know, like you said, Jalen Johnson is more than deserving of just an average game, not even a bad game on tonight, but just not a Jalen Johnson like game that we're really used to. And uh, I think it says something that I can't even tell you the last time that he's had a Jalen Johnson average game for himself. So, um, you know, DeAndre is one of the, you know, guys has probably been on this team longer than so many other guys and again his game you know his 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 night was average and i think although he can't really afford to regress much and i don't think he had a terrible game um i i I still think that he needs to really focus and 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 if i'm him i'm being kind of disappointed in myself if i'm just being honest because you know what we need from you off of the bench um and you have to be able to provide that spark you can't go out there and do the things that sadiq bay was doing as a guy coming off the bench true you have to go out there and do the things that Sadiq Bey was doing coming off the bench. If that made any kind of sense, I know it sounded yeah, a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, but especially when you don't have Sadiq, you want that yeah. starting spot back and Sadiq is out there, he's not balling and he's not out there doing his thing. And after he's been struggling, he's been playing well. All of a sudden he has a game where he's not playing as well. This is your opportunity to go and yeah. say, let me get my spot back. And that's not something that I think that he did enough of on tonight. Um, they're going to have to find a way to kind of regroup. There's some time to do it, get it back together. But you don't have a long time to do it because, again, you're sitting in that number 10 spot. That's the last yeah. spot that that exists um, in terms of, you know, postseason play and playing and all that good stuff. And uh, you just you 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 really got to work towards the common goal, which is yeah. to just be improving more and more each day. Yeah, because think about it. Just a night or two ago, we were having a conversation about the Hawks being in ninth place and possibly yeah. being the team that hosts the play in game. So mm-hmm. now you're sitting there with Brooklyn kind of sort of on your heels because you're at 26 and 33. They're at 23 and 36. You drop this game on Saturday and then you lose the tiebreaker. 
So you, the Hawks have to be very, very careful down this stretch because then they go and play the Knicks on, I think, Monday. And certainly yes. that's going to be a buzzsaw that they'll Tuesday, I think. Mm-hmm. Or Tuesday, exactly. They, yeah, they play the Knicks on Tuesday, and that's going to be a buzzsaw that you run into. So when you look at that from a holistic perspective, you got to think about the fact that more than at any time this season, Every single game counts because everybody's kind of fighting for, it's not even the middling piece at this point. Everybody's just kind of fighting for bottom of the barrel when it comes to this Eastern Conference and trying to get yourself into a play-in game. And you know that you're going to have to tread water better than you do, or better than you did tonight at least. You're going to have to look like you did for the last two games versus how you did for this game. But like you said, they've got 48 hours to figure it out because, hey, the Hawks have to figure out something to make sure there's a change in Brooklyn come Saturday. We'll talk about it on the other side. What are the keys to the game for this team to actually get back in the win column and split this season series with the Nets? This episode of our Locked On Hawks postcast is also brought to you by Grammarly. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. And nobody knows that more than Deshaun and I, because we want to make sure that when we're communicating the message about the Hawks, that you get it. That's what a service like Grammarly is for. All those emails, reports, and presentations that we do or the preparation that we do for these shows are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. And that's where Grammarly can help. It's your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at your job. 96% rather of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. It works across 500 thousand apps and websites. So by understanding your writing in context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. Their tone suggestions help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations. So make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. You can sign up today and download it for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. Let me spell that for you. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Easier said, Easier done. All right, Deshaun, the Hawks got to figure something out between now and Saturday. But part of what they need to figure out is the effort, because the question I posed to you before the show and that I want to pose again here, and if you guys want to chime in about it as well, feel free to do that. But one of the things that I asked you was when it came to perimeter defense, because literally the Nets were shooting like 48% from beyond the arc. So I asked you, was it poor defense? Was it poor perimeter defense? Or was it just flat out no defense on the wing? So let's start there as a way for the Hawks to reset for before Saturday. First and foremost, you, <clears throat> excuse me, First and foremost, you started with a word that started with an E being effort. Well, I'm going to follow that up with my own word that starts with an E and that being energy. That's where you have to start at because everything I saw on tonight looked very flat. It looked very lackadaisical. It looked very much like a walkthrough, if -hmm. you will. Um, And that's obviously something that's not good, but even more so on top of that is, you know, when it comes to the from a defensive standpoint, these guys shooting threes like crazy, converting on their shots and ones. Sure, it was a physical game, but that was mostly in the point in the paint. 
there wasn't enough guys closing out. I mean, I'm not the Hawks shouldn't be in positions to where they're running out at guys on the on uh, from three. Yeah. Well, I think the Nets started out their first four baskets were all threes. They made all four of them. And then they shot like five for seven in their first seven shots. Those were threes. They converted on those. That was just the starting point. Yeah. Throughout the rest of the game, any no adjustments were made. Now, I don't know if that's from a clipboard, clipboard X's and O's standpoint of Quinn Snyder. Um, Mm -hmm. or if that was more so because the guys just weren't getting the message. But whatever the case may have been, I know that if I'm Quinn Snyder, that that visitor locker room would have been destroyed. We need you to be present when somebody's out there shooting the ball. There's way too many guys. I mean, Cam Johnson was out there looking like he was Steph Curry. You looked like you had multiple Steph Currys out there on tonight. And, And this isn't a matter of just... You know what? We were there. We had our hands up. I mean, we we were literally in their face, you know, almost kissing them almost, it looks like. And they just kept on making shots. They were just accidentally making shots for crying out loud. That wasn't the case. There wasn't people present. There's nobody within an arm's reach. Mm-hmm. All things that are just a recipe for disaster. You want to add a number to the left side of the result column on within you know the next forty eight hours for the Atlanta Hawks. I think the very first thing is going to have to do is by being present on yeah. defense and mucking it up somehow, if not anywhere else, certainly on the perimeter. Yeah, and figuring out as well opportunities to slow the game down. If the game isn't yours on the outside, right? Bring the game inside. Bring it inside of the paint and slow the game down until you can get it manageable. The Hawks are a solid free throw shooting team. They're one of the better teams in the association. And yet tonight, once again, and this is one of those things that kind of sticks in your car and sticks in mine, is when you get these free points that you don't take advantage of. I mean, the Hawks shot 71% from the free throw line. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable when you're not getting your shots to go down on the perimeter. You got to find points elsewhere. And granted, from the field, they did okay, 43%. But again, you left so much on the table with those mm-hmm. free throws where at critical junctures in the game, you slow the game down, you put some points on the board, you keep the ball out of Brooklyn's hands, and then you have a fighting chance. So it's little spaces and places like that. And even though 14 turnovers isn't a whole lot, heck of a lot, if they're scoring 25 points off your 14 turnovers, then it turns into a problem. So I think that's that other piece. Protect the ball, but in the instances that you don't protect the ball, make sure that at a minimum you at least get back on defense and ensure that your opponent, in this case the Brooklyn Nets, are not just getting free points of their own. Yeah, and especially in a game where you got to consider that, you know, they – trailed for for the entire game you didn't have a cam thomas who can light you up on the offensive side obviously no ben simmons he hardly ever plays but it appears that it could have clearly been much worse than it already was it didn't help that clint capella i know we were talking about the backcourt but in the front court picking up his fourth foul um when halfway into the third quarter so that's why he was sitting down for so long it's just it, it just it, it 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 doesn't look good you know, when you're talking about, you know, being the second most point scored, uh, um, you know, in the NBA, it's um, it's tough sledding right now on tonight yeah. for the Hawks. But they got the opportunity to kind of put it all behind themselves and whatnot. And uh, we're going to keep our fingers, toes, eyes, T's and everything else crossed that we'll see a different outcome in the next 48.
one can hope. Thanks for stopping by the Locked On Hawks postcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you. And for more on the Hawks, make sure you check out Locked On Hawks with our guy, Brad Rowland. We appreciate you again for stopping by this postcast, and we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.